in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Good morning. We have a live look outside for you right now as the weather is pretty quiet early this morning. Things are drying out from that wet start we had yesterday. Happy to be with you, everyone. Good morning. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. We have meteorologist Kristen Curry here joining us as well. So, Kristen, there is a chance potentially of more storms as the week goes on. I'm thinking next week, really. Oh, okay. Next week is when we have the opportunity for rain. But between now and then, we got a lot of sunshine <laughs> to talk about. Let me show you what's going on outside. Good morning to you. Clouds and radar showing a little bit of cloud cover. Nothing falling from those clouds. We managed to scrape by overnight without seeing any rain. Live look outside. We'll see landscapes wise weather camera there in southeast Austin showing us the skyline. I'm not expecting widespread fog issues this morning. Your temperatures look great. 60s and 70s, 68 degrees in Bastrop, 70 in Austin, mid 60s out in the hill country. This is probably going to be the last day I show you the bus stop forecast for the year. We are wrapping up the school year for many of our local school districts today. Temperatures will be in the low 70s to start. We are going to finish the day in the mid 80s, so just a little bit below average, but still very warm. Only an isolated storm chance today. And the reason I put that in is because we've got the daytime heat, still have a little bit of moisture. I think that could potentially pop one or two storms, but I'm literally talking about one or two storms. This will not be widespread. We don't have a trigger in place. It's overall going to be a quiet and dry day. So coming up, I've got your hour by hour planner, your Memorial Day weekend forecast. I know that's important for a lot of us. We'll talk about what we could potentially see and then the timing of range return. I think this could impact portions of Memorial Day here in Central Texas. And we'll talk a little bit more about it the next time I see you. Thank you. We now know how a man found in Lady Bird Lake near Rainey Street died. According to the Travis County Medical Examiner, it released findings from Jason John's death. The examiner's report says a witness saw the 30-year-old vomiting by the side of the lake and that witness says John then fell in. It says after attempting to help him, the witness ran to a nearby hotel and called 911. Our Nabil Ramana looked over the report and spoke to first responders about the challenges they face in that area. Rainy Street is a popular destination in Austin. We have restaurants, we have bars, a lot of people on the weekends. But a recent string of deaths in the area have caused concerns. Often we get called out to Lady Bird Lake for people who have fallen in the water. One of those calls, 30-year-old Jason John, who was out with friends on Rainy Street in February. He was found dead in the lake days after he went missing. The report on his death stated John had no significant internal or external injuries and that there were no fractures or traumatic injuries found. John's toxicology report showed alcohol was in his system, but no illegal drugs were detected. It's downhill, right? And so it's much easier to walk this. They might think it's a trail and not even recognize that there's water APD, EMS, and AFD responded to a call when John went missing at about 2.15 a.m., but were unable to find him. Commander Randy Chabra with Austin Travis County EMS says responding to a water rescue along the trail can be challenging, especially at night. Once you get into here, 
people might not even see you as they're walking by, especially in, as it's dark at night. EMS says they usually search an area for 20 minutes, but after that time, efforts transition from rescue mode to recovery mode. And we would have to essentially, as we dive down, swim into the person, um, and hopefully that's what we do, and that's why we have those search patterns so that we cover as much area as possible. In response to these recent deaths, Austin Travis County EMS will soon begin a pilot program, which will staff two medics in a special response unit at the end of Rainy. We're going to save lives having Austin Travis County EMS down here on Rainy Street. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Digging deeper into safety initiatives around Ladybird Lake, in April, park rangers started a patrol along the trail near Rainy Street. Month prior, the Austin Parks and Recreation Department installed four sets of solar powered lights and a fence. City says it's considering adding cameras as well and some other safety measures in the area. Following the one year mark since the mass shooting in Uvalde and the DA there is explaining why she's been quiet about the investigation. District Attorney Christina Mitchell says it's her responsibility to stay quiet during an ongoing investigation, even if her heart aches for the families involved. Mitchell also said that she would like for the school district to delay the demolition of Robb Elementary until that investigation is complete, that she has um, once the state's investigation is done, then she says then she'll be able to look over and present any kind of potential criminal charges to the grand jury. A soldier killed in World War II returns home to Texas today, Private Myron E. Williams went missing in action in November of 1944. His unit fought in Germany. He was never reported as a prisoner of war, and it was believed that his body was never recovered. That is until DNA testing identified his remains last year, and those remains will arrive at Austin Bergstrom this evening with full honors and a water cannon salute. Williams will then be buried in Killeen. Transportation leaders are going to get a chance today to talk about how light rail in Austin could impact you. The Austin Transit Partnership hosting a light rail expo today and earlier this week it recommended an initial light rail system running from 38th Street down south to Oldtorf Street, also southeast to Yellow Jacket Lane. The plan now moves to Austin City Council and Cap Metro for approval, then goes on to the environmental phase. Hours of testimony. We're going to tell you what was being said about possible impeachment when it comes to the Attorney General, Ken Paxton. And what the governor is approving when it comes to helping crime victims recover. Good morning on this Thursday. This is a live look outside to start your day bright and early. As you mentioned, it's the last day of school for a lot of Central Texans, a lot of kiddos and teachers. We'll have more on the weather and what to expect coming up in a bit. But first, let's go to Pflugerville because some neighbors there are upset over plans to build a concrete plant. They say the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality didn't give them enough notice that they wanted to do that. The TCEQ hosted its final public hearing yesterday on an air quality permit for the concrete plant. Five Star Concrete applied for it. That plant would go up in the community of New Sweden. That's a rural community where some families have farmed for more than 100 years. People question the impact the plant's going to have on noise and light pollution, interrupting the quiet country that some have known for decades. We don't expect it to stay the same, obviously, but people want to stand up and say, this is not development that we see any reason to have in the middle of such a, a wonderful, vibrant neighborhood. 
And the application continues through the TCEQ's approval or denial process. The agency wouldn't comment, though. Five Star Concrete declined to talk to us as well. Maybe some extra motivation to take your multivitamins this morning. New study finding taking a daily multivitamin may slow memory loss. It's according to a report published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Yeah, researchers analyzed data from more than 3,500 older participants, and it showed that those who took a daily Centrum Silver pill over a period of three years had better memories than those who got a placebo. And this morning on the Today Show, a doctor breaks down why the benefits of multivitamins have long been debated and studies on them have been mixed. Mm. It's well, probably not going to hurt you. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. especially if it's like the gummy kind, the Flintstones. I was just about to say, I'm like, I, I do take a multivitamin, but it's not it like that. It doesn't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like cherry flavor. It's definitely a fruit snack. It is a fruit snack that I take every day that, that gives me the confidence that I'm being a healthier person. See? You know? It's working. We'll see. Like I said, can't hurt. Exactly. Can't hurt you. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast. I've got good news, friends. I think we are going to finish up the week with some really nice May weather. We begin with clouds and radar. Not showing anything exciting. We've got some storms way up in the panhandle. We thought that there could be a chance that they make a run for us, but they didn't. They stayed up in the Lubbock South Plains area. Unfortunately, they were bringing huge hail and even tornadoes to the Lubbock area overnight late last night. But None of that got even close to us. So we begin with a quiet sky and warm temperatures. Still sitting at 70 degrees here in Austin, 68 in Bastrop, 69 LaGrange, 66 in Dripping with low to mid 60s out west. These temperatures are already warmer than where we were yesterday, anywhere from 2 to 5 degrees warmer. And we will continue to see those temperatures warm nicely through the day from the 60s and 70s this morning to the upper 70s by lunch. Forecast high today coming close to about 86. That's really similar to where we were yesterday. In fact, that rain chance is at 10%. It's really a 10% or less. I'm not expecting a whole lot to be falling from the skies today. We've got a good amount of sunshine with filtered cloud cover all day long. The reason I'm putting in a 10% chance is because there's still going to be that daytime heating interacting with that moisture. Could see one or two uh, very isolated storms bubble up. They're not expected to be severe. They're not expected to be widespread. So I wouldn't expect you to be too concerned about it. I'm not, so I don't think you should be either. Overnight into tomorrow, clouds come back. We are going to be looking at a mix of sun and clouds for Friday as well. Not going to go with rain chances just yet. Kind of see if we've got enough juice in the atmosphere to kick off one of those isolated storms today. If that's the case, and maybe we, we throw one in tomorrow, but in general, rain chances coming down here today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Not too concerned about it. Not until Sunday night, and we're talking late night into Monday and Tuesday, do we start to see a better chance for rain coming in. But I'm not seeing a whole lot in the way of widespread heavy rain. Maybe up to about a quarter of an inch to half an inch. I've got one model showing more, but that at this point is the outlier. Uh, so we're not too confident in that. But that being said, the earliest I'm talking rain, like real rain, is Monday. So enjoy the sunshine. Temperatures will be in the mid to upper 80s for the next several days. Monday at this point, it's got the best chance of rain at 30%. That will be Memorial Day. 20% chance of rain Tuesday. Temperatures overnight comfy, mid to upper 60s moving forward. Thank you, Kristen. Crime victims will now get more help from the state. 
Governor Greg Abbott signing bills to expand access here. And the bill goes into effect September 1st. It widens eligibility for household members uh, of victims. It increases relocation compensation and it increases wages for family members of deceased victims. KXAN investigated problems with the program last year and found several employees said they were overworked. The program was also understaffed, struggling to pay claims fast enough. And records show it now takes an average of six months for victims to receive a first payment on a claim. That's a record high. Program paid more than $71 million to crime victims last year. Late overtime payments for Austin police at a time when the already strapped department must rely on OT to patrol the city. This is some union and city leaders worried that officers will stop working these extra hours, leaving our streets even more vulnerable. And KXN's Brianna Hollis takes a closer look at the problem and how the city is trying to fix it. Police Chief Joseph Chacon says he's still down about 300 officers. Now last week, 33 cadets graduated and a new academy starts this week, but that's still not enough to keep up with current attrition rates. The chief says a fully staffed department, quote, isn't on the horizon. You think it's in this one? To fill that void, officers like Gavin Smart step in. Uh, I do about 20 hours a week. With overtime. A lot of times you'll uh, do overtime in the sense of you just, you don't want your friends to be by themselves at night and you want to make sure that they have adequate backup staffing responses to calls. He says the camaraderie motivates him more than the paycheck, but the paycheck process has become a problem. There's not a, a pay week that goes by that I don't get reached out to by somebody. Complaints about late overtime payments have kept Austin Police Association President Thomas Villarreal busy since he stepped into the role last August. He also says the information on the pay stubs makes it difficult for officers to track if they're paid for all of the OT hours they work. At some point, people are going to stop volunteering for that if they're not going to be compensated in a timely manner. See as the impact with to the city. A concern some city leaders echo. Well, I know for me personally, if I wasn't getting paid, that directly affects my ability to pay my bills. It affects my livelihood. It affects my family. Though the payment problems have persisted more than a year, Villarreal says, the city is addressing it. But tips we received prompted us to take a closer look at the progress. In a statement, the city largely blames a, quote, unprecedented amount of overtime and staffing shortages. But the city says it did fix some structural issues and APD is implementing new HR software that should help. And some problems stem from overtime paperwork turned in late. As I talked to the assistant city manager of our public safety, I learned that it is still in process of being corrected. Something's got to change. One of the fears that I have is that officers will get so frustrated with the city not paying them overtime in a timely manner that those folks who are willing to volunteer to step up and work these overtime shifts are going to stop at some point. Now we've told you how the city's overall overtime payments jumped 30% last year. The $112 million primarily driven by public safety, emergency services, and utilities employees. That includes an APD officer and an APD detective who worked 2,700 hours of overtime, which averages out to about 52 hours a week. Our team has requested records for any possible APD overtime pay violations. We'll update you when we get those records back. Brianna Hollis, KXAN Investigates.
Thank you, Bree. Our investigative team's taking a closer look at police overtime data and breaks it down for you online right now. Just scan the QR code that you see on your screen to find it in the investigative section of KXAN. Well, after months of speculation, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis finally makes it official. He is running for president. Yeah, he's in. The announcement did not go smoothly. <laughs> NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is explaining what happened and why DeSantis's campaign says it isn't totally upset about it. We are tracking the latest developments in Ron DeSantis's run for president. The Florida governor finally diving into the presidential race in a highly unconventional way. An audio-only announcement on Twitter spaces with billionaire Elon Musk. But the announcement getting off to a rocky start. A slew of technical glitches leaving those who were listening confused. The event getting started nearly a half hour late and the Trump campaign having a field day, saying it was a complete failure to launch and an embarrassment. Meanwhile, the DeSantis campaign saying that it means that the candidate has a lot of interest behind them and that it broke the internet. I'm Dave Gutierrez in Miami and we'll have the very latest on this developing story coming up on today. Back here to politics here in Texas. Texas voters still have 531 days to pick their next Texas senator. But according to a new poll, people are already thinking about it in a tight race between Republican Ted Cruz and Democrat Colin Allred. The poll from UT Tyler asking more than 1,400 registered voters who they would support in the race. And that poll found Cruz ahead with 42% saying they'd vote for him, 37 saying that they vote for Allred. But 14% of them say they didn't know which of the two candidates they support. 7% said that they vote for someone else. The Texas primary is set for March 5th of next year and the general election is slated for November 5th of 2024. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, Texas baseball was feeling good entering the Big 12 tournament. The Longhorns were winners of five in a row, working their way up to the number one seed for the tournament, which is supposed to provide the easiest path to the championship. Keyword supposed. Globe Life Field is the site of this one. Home of the Rangers. We pick it up at the top of the first. One on for Chris Jans for Kansas. Hits this one deep to right. Dylan Campbell makes a great catch at the wall. Survives the collision. Yeah, he's got to take a deep breath after that one. Don't blame him. Top of the second, Lucas Gordon with a strikeout. He had five on the day. Solid outing, but in the third, Cody Shojinaga gets the best of him with a single to left. That's going to score a run to make it 2-0 Jayhawks. Bottom of the third, same score. Jack O'Dowd blasts this one to right field. And that makes it 2-1 Texas. They are on the scoreboard after that. Then in the bottom of the sixth, same score. Two on for Porter Brown, and he continues his tear at the plate, singling right up the middle to score Dylan Campbell to tie the game up at two. But in the seventh, Base is loaded for Jansen Reeder, and Jansen Reeder hits a grand slam to make it two, six to two Jayhawks. Texas falls to Kansas six to three. Not the start they wanted, especially with how well they've been playing recently. You know, we just didn't get anything going early, but middle of the game it's two to two, and we got a shot to win the game. And then you know we gave them a big four spot there in, uh, in the seventh, and that's a big blow to come back from. And I think that we're confident that we, uh, you know, can reset. You know, there's been some Friday games throughout the year that we've lost, and we came back and won the next two, and basically that's the approach we have to take tomorrow, just win it one pitch at a time, take it one pitch at a time, and, and that's when we play our best baseball. All right, and Texas will take on Kansas State coming up 
today at 9 o'clock in the morning. Texas can't slip up anymore. If they want to win this conference tournament championship, they've got to win every game from here on out. And also, finally, Austin FC is eliminated from the U.S. Open Cup. They lost to the Chicago Fire last night at Q2 Stadium 2-0. So next up for Austin FC will be MLS action against the Houston Dynamo coming up on Saturday in Houston. Kickoff is set for a little after 7.30. That's it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.